Good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you for joining with us this morning online. Thank you for taking the time, and uh, I trust you are doing well and that you had a great week. We've been looking at the power of God in our lives this last little while. And last week, Pastor Daniel preached on standing. He spent the last couple Sundays talking about standing. And he tried to speak Greek, and he did not do a very good job. So I'm going to stay with English today because I don't want to have a repeat of the prokratos that Pastor Daniel uh, just butchered last week. But the power of God in our lives. And last week we were talking about standing, and Pastor Daniel had three aspects of standing. One was just standing, the other one was taking territory, and the other one was ruling over or expanding and having that territory solidified. And this morning I want to spend some time talking about the power of God and how he, his power comes in the times when you need it, but how his power is displayed in our lives. Do you know that God wants his power to be on display in your life? God wants his power to be on display in your life. He wants it to be active in your life. He doesn't just want it to be a side note, but he wants his power to be an evident aspect of living the life of following Christ. And I want to spend some time this morning looking at that. If you've got your Bibles handy... I'd like you to turn to Isaiah chapter 40, and we're going to spend a few minutes in Isaiah chapter 40 this morning, talking about the power of God. Have you ever felt in the last year, in the last 14 months, that life has changed? Have you struggled a little bit with the changes in life? If you want to raise your hand, I see that hand. I know that hand. Have you noticed some of the stresses in life have changed? Things that you used to be able to control, for lack of a different word, but control or have handles on, now other people are dictating. And life and the pressures of life have seemed to be magnified and amplified in our, in our lives. One thing I've realized in this last year with the absence of regular meeting together and some of the restrictions with that respect is that it is important for you and I to have our personal time with God. It is critical and crucial that each one of us, myself and yourself, have that personal time with God because Sunday mornings are not the same. Sundays are not the same. The Monday, Tuesday, the rest of the week is not the same. And if you haven't developed that personal time with God, I want to encourage you to take time and practice that and learn that because the stresses of life are real. The stresses of life are overwhelming at times. And if we don't know what to do in those moments of stress, we will succumb to them instead of overcoming them. And God has a remedy for stress and fatigue. He's got a remedy for that, and we're going to see that this morning as we go. Isaiah chapter 40. Now, chapter 40 in Isaiah 
Isaiah is a book of 66 chapters. It's got as many chapters as there are books in the Bible. 39 Old Testament, 27 New Testament, 66 altogether. And if you study Isaiah and you spend any time looking at it, what's very interesting is chapter 40 is a very similar in that it kind of shows a, a split or a change in direction from the first 39 chapters. The first 39 chapters, there's a lot of warning. There's a lot of um, decrees that God has over nations, over Israel, over Judah, over the, the, the world and the situation at time, Assyria, Babylonians. And then chapter 40 comes and it starts with comfort, comfort, comfort. And if you look in the Bible, the 40, 40th book of the Bible is Matthew. And what we have is we have the gift of Jesus. And Isaiah is one of the most messianic. It's one of the most prophetic books in the Old Testament, speaking of Christ, declaring him and speaking and looking forward to Christ. And chapter 40 kind of shows a distinct directional change in the book. And as you look in chapter 40... I want to read the last four or five verses, starting in verse 27. And at, as we read this, what I'd like us to do is try to think of this in today's setting. Because today's setting has a lot of distractions, has a lot of things that pull us away or cause us to look and, and cry out to God. And then in verse 27, it starts and says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert... O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. God, you don't even see me. And the justice due me escapes the notice of my God. I'm not even getting what's right and what I should be getting. Don't you know and have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired his understanding is inscrutable. And as I say that word, I'm having a little bit of fun this morning, if you haven't noticed. But as, as I say the word inscrutable, I think of our dear friend Howard and his English accent. Inscrutable. His ways and his understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly. And when it talks about vigorous young men, what they're talking about is those athletic, strong, those capable young men. Those who have trained, those who have worked in things, those who have put their time into something. And they even stumble. And they stumble badly. Think of that in today's day. None of what's happened in the last 14 months, people had planned for, expected, or knew what to do. And there's been stumbling. There's been, there's been trying to understand things. He says, And though the youth grow weary and tired, and the vigorous young men stumble badly, yet, yet, it's a change in direction, yet, those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. 
I want to spend a couple moments in this passage, and then I want to go back and see a little bit of the context of this chapter. But it says, those who wait for the Lord. Do you know that God is passionate and interested in us waiting on him? And it's not just sitting in a chair going, where's God, where's God, I'm waiting for him. No, waiting for God is actively pursuing and diving in and binding yourself, wrapping yourself up with God and taking him and, and being closed with him. Last week, Pastor Daniel referred to the, the passage, put on the whole armor of God, and one of the aspects of it was to let the, just to slide in or let that, that to sink into the clothing. It's becoming one. It's, it's coming into and spending time with God and just being wrapped up with him. It's, it's, it's having your thoughts captivated by God. It's having your thoughts about God. It's having your, your motivations driven and, and motivated and pulled by God. And he says, those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. There's three things that he says is going to happen. You're going to gain new strength, new power. And when he talks about new, he means it's better and it's greater than that was before. I'm making some prophetic declarations as I'm preaching this morning that God has new strength for you. Don't live off of the past strength, but put yourself in. Dive yourself into God. Spend time with him. Concentrate. Focus on him. Speak with him. Spend time with him, and you will find new strength, something that will surpass the pressures, the stresses, and the tensions of today, and you will rise up with new strength. Strength that is greater than the pressures that you face. He says, you're going to rise up. You're going to mount up with wings like eagles. And, and as I'm reading this and as I studied it, that word mount up literally means to be upward. To be raised up or raised up. In fact, it refers to even location. God wants to move you upward. God wants to take you from this and pull you up towards him, give you a new location, give you a new vision, give you a new perspective, give you a new place to see things from. And God says when you wait on him, you will mount up, you will rise up with wings as eagles. Eagles are amazing. One of the things I love about eagles is to watch how efficient they are when they soar. Because all they do is they spread their wings. And other birds that are trying to stay with them are flapping their wings. And an eagle just spreads his wings. And I've watched eagles for five, ten minutes. And I've barely ever seen them flap their wings. They're just soaring on the wind and the wave of the air that they're on. And God says, I want to renew your strength. I want to give you new strength. I want you to be able to mount up, to lift upward out of the situation you're in. God has designed you and equipped you that you are able to rise up and to live above those situations that are around you. 
It doesn't mean that you ignore them, but what happens is he causes you to have new strength, new vision, and new perspective. He calls you upward. It also says that they'll run and not get tired. They'll run and not get tired. God has a new stamina, a new strength, and a new ability for you that as you go through life and through these stresses in life, and this is not just an Abbotsford thing or a BC thing. This is worldwide. This is stress worldwide, and it's causing people stress and anxiety and mental health issues that are just unfathomable. And you and I have the ability in these moments to rise above them and to run further and farther and not get weary and not get tired because we're putting our focus on Christ and on God and putting our strength in Him and binding ourselves up with Him. They that wait upon the Lord. It almost sounds counterintuitive. It almost sounds like I shouldn't be doing that because I should be doing this. I should be actively doing this. And yet God says, no, when you do it this way, just like he says in Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount, when you seek first the kingdom of God, all these things. What happens is there's a shift in our priority And now I'm going to wait on God. I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to be with God. I'm going to meet with God. I'm going to hear his voice. I'm going to talk with him. And as I do, he's going to give me strength. I believe God will give some of you supernatural wisdom as you talk with him and you're facing situations and stressful things at work or family or careers, or decisions that you've got to make for your family, and you're going, what do I do about this? What do I do about that? If you take time and you wait on God, he's going to renew your strength, and I believe he will give you wisdom that surpasses the wisdom around here because it's higher, it sees greater, it sees beyond. You're going to run and not get tired, and you'll walk and not become weary. God has some amazing things for you. He wants you to move forward. When it talks about walking, it talks about advancing and moving forward. Step by step and not getting tired. Tiredness is probably one of the biggest things that people have experienced in this last little while. They're they're exhausted. One of the words that I keep hearing is fatigue. COVID fatigue, life fatigue, the pressures of life and the fatigue that people are are experiencing. And fatigue quite often is an onset. And if you don't deal with it, what happens is it it can just overwhelm you. And what God is saying is when you come to him and you spend time with him and you wait on him, your fatigue, you will be over and you'll be able to walk and not get fatigued. You'll be able to walk and not become weary. Those three things in that passage, he wants to move you upward. He literally wants to change your position to a better position, a better location. He wants to move you faster, the word running. You go faster when you run than when you walk. He wants you to move faster. 
And he doesn't. And when you do that, you're not going to be depleted of strength. You're not going to lose your strength. And then he wants you to move forward. Last week, Pastor Daniel talked about standing. And sometimes we think the word standing means only to stand. That's one aspect of it. But it also talks about taking territory and subduing or ruling over that territory. And I believe the power of God wants to be on display in your life so that you rule over those things that used to rule over you. It's possible. It's possible. And what I want to do is I want to give a little bit of context to this verse because we often read this verse and we just go, they that wait upon the Lord. But what I'd like to do now is I want us to see in chapter 40 some of the context or some of the thought behind this passage, these five verses. It's hard, it starts with the first couple verses where he says, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. And if you go through this chapter, you find out that he is showing his majesty. I have found in moments of stress, if I'm not careful, I will focus on me or on others compared to me, and I forget to focus on God. Now, maybe I'm the only one with this situation, but I have found sometimes I can start to whine. Sometimes I can start to whine. When I was, when the kids were younger, Winona and I were doing something, and I was complaining. I was whining. And one of my daughters looked at me and said, Dad, God can turn water into wine, but he can't turn your whining into anything. And it was like a word from God. I didn't tell them that at the moment because I didn't want them to, to think they could say that anytime they wanted. But they said it, and it hit me. Whining. And what I find with whining, complaining, grumbling, quite often it is focused on me. And it's focused on me, my condition, and sometimes the comparison with others. Why do they have it this way? You're not even listening to me, but you're spending all your time listening to them. God, why are they the ones that are getting served so nicely? Why are they the ones that are blessed? Why are they the ones that are getting all those things? Look at me. I pay my tithe. I do this. I do that. Lord, I show up every Sunday. Lord, I volunteer. Lord, I do this. Lord, I give. Lord, I serve in this capacity. Lord, I sing. Lord, I raise my hands. Lord, and what, what about that person? They, I don't never see them doing it and what happens is we start complaining focusing on ourselves comparing ourselves one with another which is not a good idea comparison's a robber and what happens is we start looking that way and we forget and lose sight of God and in this chapter Isaiah has written a number of arguments where he says, God says, haven't you seen? Haven't you heard? What about this? God does this. And he, he says one of the thoughts, and I, I, I cannot get this one out of my vision, is he says he holds the water in his hand. The world, the water of the world in his hand. I can't even hold 
10 ounces of water in my hand. And God holds all the world's water in his hand. He spreads his arm a span, and the heavens are spans of his arm. And God's saying, listen, you're fighting this little issue. You're struggling with this. You're having this problem or that situation or this reaction or this, this interreaction inter with this individual. He says, and you're comparing yourself and you're saying, why this, why that? And he says, and look, look at the greatness of God. God's response to some of the, the questioning or the thoughts that the nation of Israel had at that time. I want to show you a couple thoughts and there's a response. In verse 8, God tells Isaiah to call out and he says, what shall I call out? All flesh is grass and its loveliness is like the flower of the field. And he's talking about man, people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades. But God's response is, the word of our God stands forever. And in today's day and age, where we have stress upon stress upon stress upon stress, pressure upon pressure upon pressure, and we can look at it and go, Lord, what's happening? This and that. And God says, that all stuff, it fades and it moves, but the word of God stands forever. I am challenged with the stresses and the things that I face, the questions that I may have, the struggles that I'm trying to understand. I am regularly brought back to the fact that his word stands forever. And I will base my life on his word. God's response to that nation of Israel and their their talking, they're questioning, and they're wondering was his word stands forever. And what he's doing is he's bringing us back. He's bringing you and me back to his word. I think sometimes we Google better than we God. We know how to find Google. Man, we, we can search anything on Google. And we'll click it in and we'll Go off on Google, but have we ever done the same thing in searching God? I think sometimes Google gets more questions than God does. And God says through all of that, he looks and he says, the word of our God stands forever. God's word stands forever. You say, well, I know that. I've been taught that. You said that. Pastor Nelson says it. Pastor Sean says that. Pastor Brenda, Pastor Louise, Pastor Daniel. I mean, they, everybody, the staff, the Sunday school teachers, everybody taught us and teaches us the word of God stands forever. Good. I'm just reminding you of that. God's word 
stands forever. And this is the response that God has in troubled times, in times of fluidity, in times of quicksand, in times of changing goalposts. I thought it was this, and now they just changed it, and they've moved it here, and then I was getting all accustomed to life like this, and then they moved it this way, and now I got to wait another six weeks, and I got to live like this. And God's saying, with all of that flux, and with all of those changes, he says, my word stands forever. If you want something that does not change, look at his word, read his word, and see what he says. Second thing he says, if you continue verse 9, get yourself up on a high mountain. O Zion, bearer of good news. You and I are bearers of good news. Lift up your voice. You and I one of the solutions we have to some of this is you and I need to lift up our voice. You and I need to lift up our voice. And what we need to do is we need to proclaim and declare good news. I have good news for you today. Those of you who are listening, those of you that are tuned in this morning, I am standing up and I am declaring that your God is here. Here is your God. Amidst all the flame, the changes and with, amidst all the pressures and all the stresses and all the fatigue, I'm here to tell you, God is here. He is with you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He never abandons you. He is here. And the prophet here is speaking and God tells him, cry it out. You and I as believers and as followers of Christ, we need to stand sure and declare, I have a solution. God is here. And even if it's just for me and my family, I'll start there. But I stand strong and I stand firm on the word of God. And he says his word does it lasts forever and he says God is here your God is here and I find sometimes it's easier to get caught up with the malaise of all the struggles than the trouble and and, and we get caught up in that and I find it easier to get caught up in that than it is just to stand up and go no God is here God is here Solid rock. God is here. God is with you. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. And what's amazing is Hezekiah in chapter 39 showed uh, an enemy of his all his wealth. And God did not like that. And God was upset with him and said, because of that, Hezekiah, your children are going to be taken away and they're going to be captive. And amidst all of that backdrop and in the middle of all of that landscape and all the struggle and all the pressures, God does not leave them. But God says, listen, I want you, Isaiah, to stand up and say, in the middle of all this, when there's stress, trouble, anxiety, fatigue, stand up and declare God is here. God's response, his word is forever. It never fades. He's here. And then if you continue reading the chapter for about 13, 14 verses, he just does comparison after comparison after comparison. Actually, it's incomparable. It's unfathomable. It's inscrutable. It's 
undeniable the greatness of God. And he just shows time after people make idols out of wood and they plate them with gold, but they don't compare to God. And he says, who is like me? Who can even fashion anything like me? And God gives argument after argument after argument about his goodness, his greatness, and his unmatchable beauty and majesty. I find I get stuck in that vortex and I get sucked down. And if I'm not careful, I forget that his word stands forever. And I forget to stand firm and say, no, God is here. And you know why God is here? Do you know why I can stand with confidence and say God is here? Because he lives in me. He lives in you. The power that he has lives and it resides in you. It's on you and it's in you. And the greatness of God is that he doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. He dwells within us. And so instead of getting sucked down that vortex and going down that drain, I can stand strong and firm. And even if I'm the only one, I will stand and say God is here. Why? Because that is truth. It's not my truth. It's God's truth. It's his truth. He is here. And I'm declaring that to some of you this morning because some of you, I, it's been impressed in my heart as I was studying, some of you have been so wrapped up in fear, anxiety, fatigue, comparison, that you've forgotten who you are. And the children of Israel here, they, had for, they were questioning God and they were looking everywhere else and God's response wasn't to, to say, get over. His, his response is, look at me. Look how good I am. Look how amazing I am. And he says, I'm here for you. My word doesn't change. It stands forever. He continues. If you continue reading in chapter 40, he says in verse 28, or 29, it says, He gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks might, he increases power. And this morning, I want to pray for you that you would see his strength and his power in you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul writes that we're under pressure. I'd encourage you to read 2 Corinthians 4, verses, I think, 7, 8, and 9. I think there's three or four verses. Read them. Paul writes, and he talks about being pressured on every side, but we're not broken. He says we're, we're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We're perplexed but not despairing. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. Why? Because he says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. You and I, I want to encourage you. I want to build up your faith this morning. If you're feeling tired, I've experienced fatigue. I, I, 
I've struggled with some of that. I'm not over it. I constantly, regularly have to say, no, Lord, your word stands forever. You are here. I stand on your word. I stand in you. I, I stand in the incomparable God, the God who goes beyond comparison, who's amazing, who gives strength to the weak and increases those who need to have lack, who increases their power. And he says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power of God, the excellency of the power of God is from him. It's not from us. It's from him. And so this morning, I want to encourage you, if you're weary, if you're tired, if you're fatigued, if you're exhausted, if you're comparing, I want to encourage you. God says, just come, just come, just come to me. Wait on me. Come around me. Change your routine and come around me. Change those things that you're doing. And instead of Googling that, God this. Instead of going and reading that, take a moment and concentrate or read on what my word says. And as you do that, you're going to renew your strength. You're going to mount up with wings. You're going to run and you're not going to get tired. You're going to walk and you're not going to faint. Can I pray for you this morning? I'm going to anyways. <laughs> but I'd like to, I, I was going to ask for a show of hands. So if any of you could use some prayer this morning, just raise your hands. I see that hand. I see that hand. I want to just pray for you this morning. It's okay to smile. It's okay to laugh. Sometimes that is the greatest, the greatest weapon against the enemy. But I want to pray for you this morning that you'd have increased strength and power. So if you're feeling tired and fatigued, just take a moment. Let's do something real simple. If you can close your eyes, and if you could just open your hands as a physical gesture to receive strength, a physical act for a spiritual um, activity or spiritual uh, obedience. Just open your hands and just say, God, help me this week. Don't have to say anything greater. You can just say, God, help me. Give me grace. I want to take about 10 seconds and just let that sink in. God, help me. God, give me grace. Just fill the room, Father. Fill the room. Fill every home, every place that is hearing this. May your presence just fill right now. Touch. Where two or three are gathered, we're gathering together unto you. Lord, I ask that you would bless everyone this week. 
May they be blessed as they rise and as they sit. May they be blessed as they go in and when they leave. May you cause your face to shine upon them and to give them peace. In your precious name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. We will see you next Sunday, 1030. God bless you. Have an amazing week.